Hello everyone and welcome to episode 12 of SIDcast. I'm your host David Gibson and with me is Mike Hill of Florida Southwestern State. Mike, how are you doing in Fort Myers? Pretty good. I think it's probably about mid-80s out here right now, so it's a perfect day in southwest Florida. It's uh, 35 where I am <laughs> and you said uh, baseball is about ready to start. Yeah, um, I guess I could say uh, unfortunately, but I'm also at, at the same time excited about baseball starting. It's a lot of overlap. Uh, baseball, softball, both basketballs going this weekend, so uh, it'll be interesting for me. All right, so with that being said, let's jump right into it as we do with every guest. Uh, what drew you to Bowling Green State, and what was your story? How did you get into sports information? Uh, BG. Um, I applied to two colleges, honestly, uh, Eastern Michigan and Bowling Green State. Uh, Eastern Michigan was kind of an extension of high school. It seemed like everybody I graduated with went to Eastern, so I uh, didn't really want to do that. Um, my youth pastor played basketball at Bowling Green. Uh, kind of taught me, you know, told me about BG. It was an hour and a half from home, so I could technically say I was out of state, but close enough to get home if I needed to. Um, I took the visit, literally got out of the car and knew that's where I needed to be. A um, couple uh, high school friends from uh, I went to CMA uh, in Detroit. Two of my friends, they played women's basketball. Uh, they were on a team, so they played for Kurt Miller. Um, he's the current coach in Connecticut uh, right now. So um, it was easy. You know, I had a couple friends, so it wasn't like I was there by myself. Um, got to BG. My story there is a little, uh, probably a lot different than most SIDs. I didn't do any volunteer or internships in the SID department at all. I was a practice player for the women's team. So I kind of got a chance to see how Mike Sheehan does his thing with the women's team there. Um, basically, I was there for the free gear and, and a workout. <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> to get all of the free gear from the team. So, and you know, two of my friends were there just to help them continue to get better. One one of them was a point guard, so we would go shoot all the time. So it was it was fun to do that. Um, you know, I worked full time uh, at the bowling alley there, so I was a, a little bowling alley shark when I was at Bowling Green ironically Bowling Green and Bowling so um the SID thing kind of chose me I, I say that um from day one um internship you know you need to graduate uh I was working at a car dealership as a porter yes I've had seems like I had tons of jobs but <laughs> um one of our salesmen was actually selling a car to someone from Quicken Loans um which Dan Gilbert owns the Cavs and owns Quicken Loans um, she asked me, you know, what I wanted to do post-grad. I kind of told her I wasn't sure, but I would love to work in the NBA at some point. She gave me a card, said, email me, email me your re resume. I did it. The next day, the Cavs were calling me, telling me to drive to Cleveland for an interview. So, I mean, sometimes you never know, you know, who you might meet and what doors might open, but that was definitely a, a blessing for me. I'd say so, and definitely kind of kind of a chance encounter. What would, what did you originally want to? Do? I mean, you said you didn't really know, but was it like going into coaching or something like that, kind of on the forefront of your mind? Uh, coaching definitely. Uh, I worked a lot of camps when I was home in Detroit. Um, obviously, being around Kurt Miller and just learning her offense. Um, I think this, you know, this the sports agent thing was something that I, you know, obviously watching Jerry Maguire and movies like that, you kind of like right. all right, think that it's you know all glamorous, but. Then you realize you have to go to law school, and I decided against that. <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, like, like you said, coaching was probably the, the first thing. I knew I wanted to work in sports. Um, you know, I didn't really understand. I didn't know what an SID was until um, after the Cavs thing and then, you know, applying for jobs after that. So 
uh, definitely, like I said before, this this profession chose me. I didn't choose it. What what were some of the things that the Cavs had you do? I mean, I'm in the middle of trying to get an internship and everything, and I I got no idea what to expect. I mean, what what were some of the things that they make you do? Um, it was a it was tough for me because I came in the middle of the season. I was right. January through the end of their playoff run. It was the year that they played Detroit, and LeBron went off for like 29 of the last 30. Um, so it was an exciting time to be there. Um, but for me to come in mid-season was tough for them to stop and kind of walk me through stuff. So um, I did clips every morning. There's probably 70, 80 pages in each packet of clips. I made copies and took it around the office and distributed to probably 40, 50 people. Um, got a chance to talk to people like Austin Carr and Campy Russell. So, you know, the, the, the older guys, the, the legends from the Cavs, I got a chance to actually talk to those guys. Um, practices, I helped cover. I had LeBron and Coach Brown. They had Mike Brown at the time. And I did their, their quotes to, during practice and also postgame. Um, helped out a little bit with game notes here and there. Um, didn't really get a chance to dive in too much just because, you know, we were full go in the season. Um, and then just random projects. I helped with some NBA draft stuff, uh, postseason guy. Um, but as far as like getting into it and doing recaps and you know diving into game notes, I didn't get a chance to do much of that when I was there. Um, am I correct in saying after that you went to Florida Gulf Coast? Uh, I went to Ohio University for a year. That's right. Um, okay. Yeah, I was a full-time intern there. I had field hockey, which was new to me because I. Knew nothing about it growing up in Detroit, so it was, honestly, I, re- I realized the same stat crew as soccer. So, right. <laughs> um, uh, women's basketball. Um, Sylvia Crawley was my head coach. She was a former player from North Carolina when they won the national championship. Um, so it was cool working for her. And then I also had track and field, but I had a lot of help with that because right. basketball season runs a little long. So right. Um, we're gonna go to Florida Gulf Coast here. What? Okay. I mean, like you spent some time there, and especially with the women's basketball team, and it was in the middle of when that men's basketball team was really starting to dominate the Atlantic Sun. Um, yep. What was that process like, and what drew you to Fort Myers the first time around? Uh, honestly, I applied for any and everything when I was at Ohio. Right. Uh, FTCU called me. You know, I forgot I applied for it. Honestly. Uh, they asked me would I be interested in flying out. It's Florida. I live in Detroit. I was working in Ohio. So, <laughs> yes, I'll, t- I'll take the flight out there. Uh, got here, um, had the interview, felt really comfortable here. Met Coach Smesco, the women's coach. Um, he's an interesting guy. He, uh, you know, he's very witty, but, you know, his humor is kind of dry sometimes. So, at first, I didn't think he liked me. <laughs> but uh, I think he, you know, he, he knew I, I would buy in. You know, it's obviously women's basketball. Uh-huh. You have to have a look, you know, you, you have to enjoy basketball, you know, because there are a lot of people who are turned off by it. But obviously I worked women's basketball at Ohio. I knew how good they were. <clears throat> I knew that, you know, they would shoot threes here at FGCU. So um, I was really interested in it. I thought I killed it on the interview. They called me uh, literally a week after and offered me the job. And it was at that point, it was a no brainer. Like, I'm leaving Detroit to come to Florida. Uh, I'll do that any day. Um, in your bio, it says that you, you developed the school's first social media presence. Uh, what were some of those challenges? I mean, what is it like building up something like that from the ground up, <clears throat> excuse me, for a program of that size and that stature? Um, the easy part about it was when we first started. 
uh, I started there in 07. So 07, 08 season was our first year D1. Uh, they were moving from D2. Women's team was a national runner-up. So it was a little easy like to get people in the area, but as far as getting our name out there, actually having ESPN put FGCU on the ticker rather than flog off coast or whatever they whatever they felt like putting up there. Uh, that part was difficult, but um, getting the local community you know, to jump on, uh, at that time it was Twitter and Facebook. Um, so it, it, was, it was relatively easy. We piggybacked a lot off of the college. Um, had them you know, kind of pump our handle and right. encourage people to follow us. So from that aspect, it was really easy. Um, national, you know, like, you know, at this point, you, you just have to win, you know, for, for people to take notice. Um, our followers didn't increase for women's basketball until we broke the single game record for three-pointers made. I think it was 22. So once I did that, you know, I, I tweeted at, you know, ESPN. Tim Reynolds is our beat writer down here in southwest Florida, so he's a Miami Heat guy. So I got him to kind of pick up on it, and he ran with it and, you know, did some national stuff for us, which helped out a ton because now people are following you off of that. So um, without us, you know, hitting threes and setting records and winning games, we don't, you know, we don't grow. Uh, right after you decided to leave Fort Myers and went to Arkansas, the old old Big East or new Big East? Uh, with, with Xavier? Yeah. Uh, the new Big East. Yeah, new yeah. Big East. Okay. New Big East, yep. And then, it uh, was there. Well, it was their first year. Right, from the A-10, yep. right? Yep. I, was, I was thinking yep. about that the other day. I was watching them play, I think, Seton Hall, and I, and I couldn't remember for the life of me uh, who it was. Um, yeah, they spent, the, they spent the year, A-10, and then literally the next year started Big East. Okay. Well, through all that, Arkansas, Xavier, what were uh, – what was that process like? I mean, you spent, you know, brief periods of time at each. The the Xavier job was um, one that honestly came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting to leave FGCU. Um, mm-hmm. I was there six years. Dunk City happened. Seems like once Dunk City happened, FGCU made you kind of like your, your resume stood out when you apply for jobs. Um, because I remember applying for other jobs and no one knew where FGCU was. Uh, so after Dunk City, my boss, Pat Pearson, he's at Arkansas now. He's a football guy. He actually got the basketball job at Arkansas. So I'm like, all right, well, either I'm going to stay and try to take over or, you know, be like Pat and move up. Uh, Xavier came open, actually met Tom Iser at Cosida. Uh, interviewed with him a little bit there. Um, got the call, fly to Cincinnati. Met the women's coach. Uh, she was really cool with the FGCU coach, so he put in a good word. Um, she was a former player there, um, trying to rebuild their program from when they went to, I believe it was the Elite Eight. Uh, Kevin McGuff was a coach there when they when they made that run. So she was just trying to rebuild. And I'm thinking, you know, it's the Big East. I'm leaving FGCU. This is my chance to move up and see if I like it. Uh, stayed there. We struggled a little bit as a team. Uh, had some coaching changes. We beat Michigan, so that was big for them. Um, trying to think of what else we did there. I had soccer. They had an off year. Uh, so it, it wasn't like I, I jumped into the Big East and I had you know teams that were like extremely successful right off the bat. So I kind of got a chance to learn and grow and ask the coaches what they liked, what they didn't like. Didn't have too much pressure on me um, you know, to change social media or make things stand out. 
Um, I was in charge of the website there at Xavier. Made small tweaks just because, you know, you're, with CBS, sometimes it's the budget thing uh, right. to make wholesale changes to your website. Uh, from there, um, got a call from Pat at Arkansas. Uh, they had secondary football or it was soccer and track. And Arkansas track is ridiculous. I yeah. mean, I, I wasn't a big track guy, but I became a track guy when I went there. Um, so Pat asked me if I was interested. Flew out there. Arkansas is a uh, totally different place than where I've grown up or where I've worked in the past. Yeah, I see. Um, <laughs> it, it, coming from Detroit, obviously, you know, I'm used to fast pace. Fort Myers a little slower. A lot of snowbirds down here. And then Cincinnati's a big city. You have the Bengals and the Reds and then Fayetteville where literally it's just the Razorbacks. Everybody loves the Razorbacks. Um, so it was an interesting experience. Um, but getting there, working soccer, went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, second round, lost to Stanford, won nothing. Uh, and then I dive in track and field and cross country and track at Arkansas. I mean, we won... National championship in cross country, uh, indoor national championship in women's track. Like it's, I mean, Omar McLeod was a sophomore when I was there. He won the gold medal in the hurdles in the Olympics this past summer. Uh, Sandy Morris, she won the silver in pole vault. So it's like um, Jerry and Lawson won the Bowerman. Yeah, he was. I mean, these are all guys and, and women that I had to cover. So it was. It was for me. It was cool. I was a fan. Uh, at, yeah. You know, at certain points indoor i remember a story about omar i'm building out um graphics for you know first second third um for indoors and you know you're trying to put times or you know distances or whatever on the graphics and we had a kind of a just a friendly bet of what we thought he would run in the final and i think the record i can't remember the record at the time it was like maybe seven four nine or something like that. Yeah. In the hurdles, I think, and I, you know, we all write down what we think. And I was like, I'm gonna put mine in the graphic because I know I'm gonna be right. So I put seven four five, and I put you know new record holder, blah blah blah. So he runs it, and we all run like to look out to see what his time was, and it comes up seven four five, and we go nuts. Like it was, <laughs> it was awesome. And I told him about it afterwards. It, it was, it was pretty funny though. But it was, it was cool to be a part of that. Actually got to, you know, hold the trophy, get a hat, all that good stuff. So that experience was awesome. Um, you know, just being around the SEC. I mean, it's nothing like it. Football is crazy there. It's, you know, being around Coach Anderson and the men's team. Uh, I actually helped out with the women's team there as well. So uh, Jimmy Dykes, his first year, they won a game in the NCAA tournament, lose to Baylor. But, I mean, no one expected Arkansas to do anything in tournament. Right. And we and come out and we win a, you know, our first-round game. So, Overall, for me, it was a successful year. I mean, you know, I went to the NCAA tournament twice and then won a national championship. I can't complain at all. So, For those that don't know, the Bowerman in track is like the Heisman Trophy in football. And also, for those who don't know, uh, you know, SEC is to football as track the same way. It's still a powerhouse. SEC is absolutely a dominant force. I mean, with LSU, Texas A&M, Florida... I miss Arkansas, obviously. I mean, I'm missing others. Mississippi State, apparently in mid-distance now. Yeah. I'm a big track guy. But that's like, that's all yeah. blood into my mind. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit to what you, so something you said earlier. We haven't really talked about any other podcasts. Like you said, when you applied 
prior to Dunk City being at Florida Gulf Coast. Nobody knew where FGCU was. Yep. And then once that happened, all of a sudden, your resume looks better, right? So it's like graduating from college. If you graduate from Harvard or you graduate from here in Indiana, we have Ivy Tech. I mean, yep. one's going to look better than the other. Is I mean, is that would you say that that actually being where you worked other than it being a, a level the name brand helps out in finding a new job unfortunately i think sometimes it does um i think name recognition is a big thing for everyone um <clears throat> also think for me i wanted to make my resume stand out um i think my resume is a little over the top just because i put a lot of my graphic design experience into it right. so if you're going through and you actually print these things out in color, mine's going to stand out. If you, print it, if you print it in black and white, I think mine will stand out too. But, you know, you're going through, and I want to give whoever's going through these resumes something that will make them be like, all right, I'm going to put this one to the side to see what's so special about this kid because his resume is, you know, so different than all the other ones. Um, but we definitely saw after the Dunk City run, I mean, it was it was nuts, like, I mean, Tom Rinaldi left, what tournament was that? I want to say the Memorial, covering Tiger. He left there, and he was doing live shots in front of our arena. Like, that, for that to happen, I'm like, yeah, this is, this summer will be interesting. Like, I think <laughs> Coach Enfield, you know, left FGCU to go to USC. Pat left FGCU to go to Arkansas. You know, I get Xavier. So it was, it was one of those things, like, everybody benefited from, you know, the Dunk City thing and, you know, whether people want to, you know, people that hire want to admit it or not, sometimes, you know, the name recognition does come into in play. Is that fair to some other people? <clears throat> I don't think it is. I mean, because, you, I mean, we all have to deal with, with you know, the places that we've been employed or schools right. where, you know, we're, we are accepted into. Um, sometimes it, I just think, Sometimes it's all in who you know and not what you know or where you've been. Um, Cosida is, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of meetings and parties and all that stuff. But I make sure the the social part is where I, I really like to get out and meet people. That way, you know, if, if a job comes open, I can call that person. Like, hey, I need you to put in a word or do you know someone there? So the I think the networking part will help out with, you know, if you're not at a big school or didn't graduate from a big school, getting a co-side or getting in some of these SID groups to meet people will help, you know, kind of level right. the playing field, I guess you could say. Okay. So um, back to kind of your background. What ultimately drew you back to Florida with Florida Southwestern State? Um, after spending a winter in Cincinnati, which was probably the worst winter they've had in 60 years, and then a winter in Fayetteville, which is, there's not really much snow. There's, it's cold. It's uh -huh. different. Um, the AD that actually hired me at FGCU uh, got the AD job here at FSW. Um, <clears throat> called me, asked me would I be interested. Uh, actually told me my salary would be higher here than it was at Arkansas. Because I was, I was like number seven or number eight at Arkansas. Uh -huh. So, you know, it was I wasn't making a ton there, so. Um, but cost of living is nothing compared to Cincinnati or Detroit. Um, he asked me would I be interested. I told him, of course, because I knew how he was. Um, the men's basketball coach was an assistant 
during the Dunk City run. So he got the head coach job here. So I felt comfortable working with him. Um, then brand new facility, you know, $28 million building, um, get a chance to basically start the SID thing and do my own thing. There was no, there are no records from Edison State College. They had athletics here uh, 20 years ago. Can't find anything. I have one baseball media guide, hmm. and, and it's not updated. So basically we started over, kind of like we did at FGCU. Um, we had a Division Two record book and a Division One, and then we had like one that was merged. But I mean, it's hard to, you know, the Division Two. A lot of them were, were JUCO transfers, so there were, you know, two years. So um, I've got a chance to make separate record books. I'm doing the same thing here. Um, basically, doing I, this is gonna sound bad, but doing what I want. Honestly, you know, it's it's how I want to do social media. It's how I want to do the website because he trusts me enough because of what we did at FGCU to kind of just let me do my thing. And, you know, obviously for SIDs, that's, that's huge to not, to not have someone over you and analyzing everything you do. He, he, you know, he tells me I hired you for a reason and I'm going to let you do your thing and I'm going to stay out of the way. If he has something that he wants me to add or he wants to see changed, he'll he'll voice his opinion. But for the most part, he kind of stays out of the way and, you know, lets me do my thing and then that that's you know obviously at this you know for any SID that's that's heaven sent right there (laughs) most ADs don't do that so I think I've in the time that I've been here he might have come in my office once or twice and said like hey let's do this um once was this summer on our website he just wanted to make sure that we put some palm trees on our website on the background (laughs) that he he you know for him he's like you know we're gonna push the beach in southwest florida so he's like can we get some palm trees somewhere on the website so that you know, i've worked with presto and getting some palm trees and that was it um yeah i, I get here and they kind of let me get my hand in the diff- a lot of different areas um i've gone out and helped out with advancement and securing major gifts um basically i am the marketing communications social media whatever else you want to add new media video um i'm i'm that guy uh our it department kind of handles the video so i kind of work with them on you know getting a score bug and all that stuff for our led boards in our arena um i think the the cool thing about this job is they let me design the floor and like the basketball court uh, i think any sid or any most most designers don't get a chance to to take on a project that that's that big at Xavier, Chris Mack wanted to redo the floor. Chris Mack knew exactly what he wanted to do with the floor, and they let Chris Mack do it. Like, Chris Mack yeah. is the man, man. So, like, you know, he wanted the skyline on the floor, and we had a contest. And in my head, I'm thinking, like, it doesn't matter what we submit or what anybody submits. Like, his design is going to be the one that we put down there. So, I mean, it, and, it's, and it's awesome. Like, you look at the floor, right. and our floor is awesome. But we get here, and it's like, they asked me what I you know, we're, they're like, oh, we're going to do the floor. And I just, in a meeting, like, just throw it out there. Like, hey, can I design it? Like, you guys know I like doing design stuff. Then they said, yeah. Then, first of all, I just threw that out there just to say it, not thinking <laughs> that people would actually, like, take take me up on it. So uh-huh. um, they let me, you know, kind of go at it. And at first I had some pushback from a couple people on the palm trees. Um, but Fort Myers, the nickname of Fort Myers is City of Palms. Uh, probably one of the biggest high school basketball tournaments, City of Palms Classic, is here. 
Um, so I just thought it made sense to have palm trees on our floor, and they they bought it. And I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Every time I see it, I kind of smile a little bit because this will never happen again. Like right. I'll never be able to do this again. So I, I've enjoyed it. Well, like you said earlier, you're kind of the marketing promotions, you know, hybrid role. I mean, yep. we've talked about this in the past couple of podcasts when I first thought of it because I'm kind of interested in it. I like sports marketing. Um, what is it like to market FSW within Fort Myers going up against Dunk City and Florida Gulf Coast? I mean, what what is there a big challenge? I mean... You've already had that relationship from, you know, six yep. years prior. Is it easier? Um, that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> Radio-wise, it's an easy one right. because I was – I'm actually really good friends with uh, the guys that were at ESPN, our affiliate down here. It was 99.3. Uh, David Moulton, he actually writes for, uh, like, columns for the news press. And uh, I can, you know – text first name basis you know i got a cell phone number we call talk sports i still kept in touch with him when i went to xavier in arkansas um so when i moved back you know it was one of those things like hey i need i need your help like brand new program brand new building people remember us from the edison days there are still people that you know were edison state college they need somebody to help you know i need someone to help me get that word out to those people that were back and it was easy i was you know i had our coach on our men's basketball coach on three or four times before he even had his first recruit. So it's, I mean, it was just that, and he had a relationship as well. So that helped out. Um, the newspapers, that's, that's different. Um, deadlines here are a little earlier than I think we all would like. Um, but I know FGCU is going to get most of the coverage. So for me, it's, if I have a game that ends early, you know, that, that ends, get a quick recap to the newspaper, just hoping they get me in there. Right. Um, if they don't get me in the day after a game, they usually, you know, do a FSW notebook thing and they put some stuff for our last couple games, which is helpful, but, you know, it's not the same as after you win, you see your, you know, your fans see you in the newspaper. Um, I think the thing for me is the people here are really passionate about sports. And the people that are FSW fans are passionate about FSW and this basketball program and our, you know, our softball, baseball programs. And they will basically, they will definitely let their voices be heard. They will write, they will email, and they will bug the news people until they put us in the paper. So I don't have to, to be the bad guy. Um, they do it for me, which is which is fun because, you know, the newspaper doesn't want to, you know, burn a bridge with, you know, readers. So. Right. They'll try to, you know, appease them and put us in there. So that that helps me. I, I, I let those, you know, those guys kind of flex the muscle. They're they're my muscle. The the, the our, our fans here are my muscle because I know they can, you know, they'll they'll write letters to the editor. They'll write the paper. So, um, I know, like I said, I know FGC is going to get most of the coverage. Um, for me, I, my niche is the graphics we pump out and our social media. Obviously, we won't be able to t- catch them in followers, but the local community. In Fort Myers, FGC. I, I'll say this: FGCU is not in Fort Myers technically. Okay. They're in Estero, which is a suburb outside of Fort Myers. Okay. So it's Fort Myers, Estero, and then Naples. So FGCU will get a lot of the Naples Estero crowd because it's closer. For the, for us, we grab the Fort Myers folks that either can't afford to go to FGCU games, or 
don't have the time to drive to Estero to get to FGCU. Um, it also helps us that our arena is on a major intersection. So people that might not even know that we have a game drive by, see our arena and our game tonight, you know, billboard out front. Right. FGCU, Alico Arena is kind of tucked away in the back of their campus. So I think we get a lot of those new fans that haven't experienced a game day setting at FGCU. So we've tapped into that. Hopefully, you know, that continues to grow. But like I said earlier, a lot of it just comes from winning. I mean, people love winners. So if you're fortunate enough to be at a school and work for programs that win, the fans will come eventually. For us, last year, so this, I don't know if this is, I'm going to say that this is fact, but I, I called the NJCA. No one can confirm it. First year program, softball, won 54, 52 games. Went to the national, won our region, won our conference, and went to nationals. I don't know if that's ever been done at any level. I'm gonna say it hasn't. Uh, probably just, not. No. <laughs> you know, just you know, like you you have a team full of freshmen. We had one sophomore. Uh, actually, yeah, we had one sophomore. So we go to nationals. We lose in 15 innings to the eventual national champion, and we bring back every like we. I think we lost three. We lost our third baseman our DP, and a player that was a – she was just a runner. She was a pitch runner. She's fast. But we, we bring back the National Pitcher of the Year um, and just tons of talent. So we're ranked third in the nation in the preseason. So that will help us out. You know, just like I said, just winning, man. Like that will help us out a ton. So I try not to compare us to FGCU. Um, a lot of people in the area do. A lot of people okay. think that there's – you know, like tension over there and everything. I don't think so. Like, I actually still go to FGC and I work basketball games. Like, I go work stats for them. So, for me, there's no tension or anything like that. There's no competition. They have a product we can't touch. Right. You know, they have they have a Division One product. We have some really good basketball players here. We have some really good softball players and baseball players here. We had a kid drafted by the Orioles. We had, you know, obviously the National Pitcher of the Year. Uh, two of our softball players are going to GW. I think our Courtney is our national pitcher of the year. I think she's looking at a few top 25 schools. Um, men's basketball players, are, you know, we've had Oregon. We have Wichita State. We've had Texas call. So, I mean, we have guys that are really good, but they're freshmen and sophomores. I mean, we can't we can't touch, you know, an experienced Dunk City team that they have now over there. And, you know, they have some awesome scores and some guys that can get out and run. You know, that's just a product we, we can't compare to, so. We just try to stay out of the way. We we don't want to over you know schedule a game when they have one. We you know we we don't want to do that. We want a, a good relationship with them. So um, I don't think it's from a newspaper and you know TV aspect. It's been hard to get us out there. But you know fans wise, you know, a lot of our fans are Dunk City season ticket holders. So uh, I think the fact that this place has become a basketball town has helped out a lot with us. So hopefully we continue to win and they continue to come up. So, uh, out of all your time within Division One ranks, pretty much all over the country, almost, um, yep. what are some major differences between Division One and JUCO as far as uh, how you handle uh, administrative roles with the league and how you treat each program? Um, this is the first time I'm going to have all four going at the same time, so this will be an experience for 
<laughs> every staff to know that you know I can't really treat you like you're the one like yeah. I did last year with baseball and softball. Uh, for me, I tried to I spent the summer building graphics, so I did uh, starting lineup graphics, uh, pregame, game day graphics, my post game graphics. I tried to do all of the I tried to build those in the summer, so I didn't have to you know waste time um, doing that during the season or right before the season because there's so much going on. Um, tried to get a template for scripts uh, ahead of time. Um, working with our school of music to kind of get a, a list of anthem singers, make sure the band's there. Uh, new mascot, so make sure that you know he's good and he's there. Uh, just meeting with my coaches, kind of on the individual basis, figuring out what do you need. Um, obviously, there are certain things that I can do because. You know, I have time to do them, and there's also things that I can't do because I don't have time. There's overlap. Um, so I've you know, talked to men's basketball. I know he's big on social. So I make sure that my graphics are on point for men's basketball um, because that's what he wants. Women's basketball is the same thing. But she's also big on the things that she sends her recruits. So I helped her out with you know, uh, gifts that we could you know, tweet at or text to uh, potential student-athletes. Um, baseball, he's big on just the game day experience and, you know, what music we play. You know, he's really specific on, you know, what music to play during starting lineup. So I get with him make sure he's fine with that. And our softball coach, he honestly just kind of says anything that I do. He, he was a Naples high school coach, um, really successful down here, won a ton of state championships. And his daughter played at Alabama, so he'll, he'll give me ideas. He's like, oh, Bama does this. I'm like, yeah, Bama also has, like, 16 people <laughs> in their SID department. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I go on you know, and see what they do, and, you know, I talk to them, and we figure out small things. Um, I guess one thing that he really liked, he came in here early and talked to me about, I did a uh, what it means to be a Buccaneer series for yeah. softball. And I had our top seven, I wouldn't say our top seven, but six returners and a freshman. Um, kind of give us a paragraph or two about what being a Buccaneer meant to them. Uh, it was really cool to read the six returners because obviously they were a part of the first year team and went to nationals and did something. And like we said, I don't think anybody has ever done that. So um, it was cool to read, you know, they the amount of pride they feel, you know, wearing that jersey. And he said it was really big for him to read that um, and also to afford that to recruits to let them know, like, this is a family. This is a small athletic department. We have four sports right now. Um, I wouldn't, let me see, one, two, I think, outside of coaching staff, probably six full-time people. So it's, I mean, it's really small. Um, so it's a family atmosphere. Um, so I, that that's really helped, um, you know, talking to my coaches and figuring out what things they like, what things they don't like. So honestly, uh, as much, I didn't think it would be this easy. It's been really easy to, kind of manage all of the different hats that I wear here and at some point you just have to suck it up and enjoy it I mean first basketball game man if I didn't have a suit jacket on you would have been able to see how much I was sweating man I was (laughs) pouring sweat and there's actually a a picture uh our mascot this kid he has like trick shots all over like his Instagram and YouTube and stuff he takes, he goes up to half court. We have a half court shootout, and uh, I think it's one of our sponsors. You hit a shot, you get a $50 gift card to a pizza spot. Uh-huh. But he asked, he walks up to me, he's like, I want to shoot it. I'm like, dude, just don't throw it in the stands. Like, I don't feel like going to get it. Like, So uh-huh. he goes up, 
And then he turns around, and I'm like, he's going to throw it over his head. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, just don't throw it in the stands. I'm fine with it. Dude throws it, hits nothing but the bottom. Like, drains it. Like, and you could just see people came up to me afterward and say, you could just see the amount of stress just come off me. And because at that point, what can go wrong? We won the women's game. Mascot hits a over-the-head half-court shot, and our men's team's up like 20 and a half. Like, the, the night's good. Like, nothing can go wrong. So, like, I, just thinking about that, I was like, I stressed out so much leading into it, and everything turned out fine. So, at this point, I'm just super relaxed and just going with the flow and enjoying the experience. Like you mentioned earlier, um, your graphics, they look great, by the way. I see them all Appreciate the time it. on my Twitter feed because I follow FSW. Uh, Appreciate it. Um, so, what are some outlooks and some little inspiration things you, you look out for? I, I look at it every Division One school I can. Uh, I know know some folks at Auburn. Uh, graphic designer at Houston was at Arkansas when I was there. I still keep in touch with the Arkansas people to see what they're doing. Um, NBA, uh, I'm looking everywhere for ideas. And I think we all borrow from each other, which is what you do to make it your own. Um, I try to um, get in and uh, like kind of steal ideas, I guess, steal ideas from people and, you know, make different graphics and add our, our own little flavor, I guess. Um, our starting lineup graphic was something that I saw from Oklahoma State. I believe it was their football uh, signing day graphic. Um, yeah. So I kind of like used that idea and made it our starting lineup graphic. Um, and then, you know, MLB as well for baseball and softball. Just finding out easy ways to get post-game graphics out so it's not some extravagant, you know, just want to drop an action shot in and change the score. But I want it to be visually appealing to our fans so they like and favor it and share it. Um, but a lot of it, you know, you look at a lot of tutorials online. Um, I remember, I think, one of your last podcasts you had with Lamar, like how he said, like he looked at different things. And I, I look at Cal, you know, I see some of the things that they do. So um, I think it's just all borrowing and making it your own. And, you know, I'm kind of self-taught in the whole graphic designer thing. And so I ask a lot of questions. Um, but, you know, just making my own and, you live with the results, you know, like obviously at this level, a lot of junior colleges don't have extravagant graphics. So for me, it's just being the best junior college um, graphic designer, I guess. Um, I want our stuff to stand out since we're, we're successful. I know people are going to pay attention to us if they have to go to JUCO route. Um, but it was literally the same mindset I had at FGCU. I wanted to be the best in our conference and I wanted to be the best mid-major as far as our social, and I'm doing the same thing here. So how about some things in the graphics that you see in other people that really, really bug you? I mean, personally for me, for the love of God, everybody just calm down on the paint splatter. It's cool, <laughs> but just don't put it over the words. Like, there's just, there's some light, oh God, I don't know. What are, what are some things that bug you? I, I would agree with that. <laughs> I'm like, but at the same time, like, I know... Like, for us, I've used a lot of the grunge-type mm-hmm. fonts. Like, uh, and that's always the cool. One, like, I think the one that I'm using, the Cavs use it. Because I, I, we are into an issue earlier this year where I downloaded the font off of defont.com, where's right. where I, most, most of my fonts come from. Right. And I had downloaded so many 
that I forgot which ones are for commercial use and which ones weren't. So our legal called me and they were like, hey, like, you need to stop using that one. So I'm thinking in my head, like, this guy is not, we're a junior college, I'm not big time like the cast. Let me email this guy. So I email him, and I think I paid, like, 10 bucks for the font, and, like, now I have a license for it to use it. <laughs> so, like, they like we freaked out for nothing, but, like, I love the grunge-type font. I used uh-huh. one last year. I use it this year. And it's funny that Road Rage font that we use this year, the Cavs use it. Uh, I've seen Slam Magazine use it. Uh, it's all over the place. Um, so it, it's one of those things. Like, I think that's awesome, but I, I, I'm going to use the grunge font, and I kind of – I think it goes with us, you know, like being Buccaneers and, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like the pirate thing. I don't want to do like the the super, like, I guess. Yeah, old time. Pirates, yeah, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean type thing. So I stay away from that. But I'm thinking like Buccaneers kind of has an edge to it, I guess. Um, and our mascot, kinda, like our logo and our mascot kind of has like a snarl. So I want to have that edge. But I definitely agree the paint splatter thing. It's distracting sometimes. Where, where do you see the trend going? <laughs> Uh, for me, the the after effects, the Adobe after effects, like the the almost like video gifs that people use for starting lineups, and like a uh, friend of mine actually did one for our basketball court. So like each section of the court popped up in you know in different times. So it's getting away from the the, the Photoshop kind of you know like bang 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 type, and it's you know like the after effects kind of like seamless almost video type gif. So. I think that's where a lot of it's gone, but you also need a staff to do that. And for yeah. me, it's like I don't even want to tell people I actually know anything about After Effects because <laughs> <laughs> then every all all four sports will want something crazy, and so I just don't have the time to do it. So, um, what's your horror story so far? Oh, man, that's a good one. Uh, I don't know. I've had a couple. Uh, I think one would be having a coach, I, I guess, resign uh-huh. at 6 a.m. and missing the phone call from my boss to tell me that it's happening and that we have a press conference. Yeah. Not necessarily missing it, but not getting it in a at a time where you could get ready and be mentally prepared to handle everything that goes with it. So uh, I got there and we handled it, but I was probably more frustrated and and flustered than anybody just because I kind of overslept and didn't hear the phone ring. Um, Some other things are just like catching some of the things that uh, athletes put on social media. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've had some freshmen, incoming freshmen. So I had high school seniors that were, were signed and our media in Fort Myers follows them you know, like fans, um, once they find out that you signed here, basically they're going to follow you and they're going to make sure that you don't tweet anything bad. And one of our athletes tweeted, uh, she didn't mean it in a bad way. Um, and I had kind of a discussion with her and obviously I know we're, you know, sometimes we grow up and we use like little slang terms or, you know, sometimes derogatory. Um, but you could just say it as, you know, your friend that you grew up with and they know what you mean and they know you're not saying anything bad. But she tweeted it and it wasn't good. <laughs> so it was one of those things you just tweet, you just, just text that to her, don't tweet that. Right. Um, and one of our, you know, beat writers caught wind of it and, you know, he did a, um, 
a feature that actually was like a national piece. He didn't call her out by name. He just, you know, said an FGCU incoming student athlete, which kind of gave you a, a small oh, group yeah, of people yeah. to pick from. Yeah, but it was a homophobic slur, and he had her in this big piece about um, homophobia in sports. And I was like, "You, I'm glad he didn't use your name in it, but now that's a teaching point for you before you even get here. Um, so that, that those are two horror stories that I had because I felt bad for her because she's a you know she's a high school senior she's not used to anything like that happening to her so um, those are definitely you know some some teaching moments for for me and for her. Um, when you see other SIDs in your conference or JUCO or in the entire country and you look at them and you say that is a great or good or bad SID I mean what are some characteristics that they have that make you say that? I think the the number one is a relationship with your coaches and, and your staff and your staff and your players. Um, if they 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 can't look at you as the SID, like I I think they should think of you as a piece of the staff. If they you know respect you like you're one of their coaches, you're at your student athletes respect you as if you're a coach, um, and if if your coaches include you in things as if you're a part of their staff. I think SIDs that do that are normally successful. Um, because you, it, if your coach is easy to work with, you enjoy going to work. You enjoy writing about them. If your student athletes are good kids, you enjoy writing about them. So I think if you have that relationship with them, to where they see you as a part of that family, and it's you know you're, you're tight knit, I think I think that helps make a, a great SID because you enjoy what you do. Uh, one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession. Uh, an SID profession or just in athletics as a whole? Um, let's go athletics. Um, I would love to learn more about the um, the major gift side, like learning how to secure major gifts. Um, I went out on one call uh, when, when I first got here. It was with a company called iPartner Media. They do printing. They do marketing. Uh, they build websites. Obviously, we didn't need them for websites and stuff, but you know, more along the lines of picking their brains for marketing and some printing needs. Um, but we secured a $50,000 gift, and I'm, I would like to say that 75% of it was me because our our guy from the foundation kind of mm-hmm. just said, hey, these guys are more tech-savvy and more social media-driven. Uh-huh. Um, that's not my strong suit, so I'm going to let you kind of take over the conversation. And some kind of way we got into my internship with the Cavs and you know obviously anytime you can say you worked in pro sports and talk about LeBron especially because he's still tearing it up like (laughs) that that'll instantly get people to talk so um I would love to get out and do that again and learn how to you know become more comfortable with making the ask you know and asking people for money like I think you know just in talking to people that's the most difficult part you know coming up to someone that you know or don't know and asking them for six figures you know five figures like just knowing that sometimes you're gonna hear no mm-hmm. but you have to like continue to go at it until you get that yes so for me i, I want to get into that more here um i've talked to my ad about that um those are things that obviously in the summertime i have more time to do that right. so uh hopefully this summer i get a chance to do it again it was, it's fun um getting a chance to you know go out i i so I don't like the word, but smooth people, you know, like you want to wine and dine them, make uh-huh. them feel comfortable before you ask them for money. So uh, that part, you know, I, I've been 
enjoyed the little bit that I've been able to do that, but that's definitely something I want to get my hands on more. One piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? Uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, don't be afraid to do the work that no one else wants to do. Like, I made copies for the cats that I want to want to come in at eight o'clock and, and make copies and distribute them until probably 1030. No, but I did it, you know, and at this point I know I can call um, my boss. Well, he was my direct contact for my internship. He's the VP of communications for the Atlanta Hawks now. So anytime an NBA job comes open, I call him like, hey, is this a job that they're going to hire within you know, a seasonal intern or promote? Mm-hmm. Or is this one I actually have a shot? So, you know, I've, and he's put me in touch with people. He's actually, you know, helped me out with, um, you know, getting interns, uh, not internships, but uh, interviews, phone interviews, Skype interviews um, in the NFL and other NBA teams. No, nothing's come of it, but that's, you know, I've got my foot in the door. Like, I probably wouldn't have had those chances if I didn't, you know, I still have that relationship with him and ask him questions and, you know, and do that copy work back when I was an intern. Like, I, I can't be above those things when you're an intern trying to get in the game. So those would be definitely two things. What's your work-life balance? What, what do you do to have fun? Uh, I make sure, I, I think that was one of the big things that we always talk about at Cosida, the work-life balance. So for me, I think anybody that has seen me at Cosida knows that I enjoy music and, and dancing and just having a good time and just being out. So... Um, I make sure I get out here and whether that's like I bowl on Tuesday nights. I'm a big bowler. Like I've been bowling since I was probably three years old. Detroit, that's a big thing. It's, it's a big money maker in Detroit. So I bowl in the league here. Uh, so for me, that's my escape. Um, and just kind of get away from SID, you know, put my phone down and bowl three games. And, you know, obviously in Florida, there's tons of golf courses and I'm, still friends with the golf coach at FGCU and um, some people over there so I can get on and play for free, which is always helpful. Um, you know, and I've probably played more this summer than I have at any point. Um, living by the beach, go to the beach, get away. Um, I think I've taken more advantage of that this, this time around in Southwest Florida than I did the first six years. Um, yeah, it's It gets hot down there, but, you know, it's one of those things like, why not go down and, and catch a sunset? You know, like, can't do that in Detroit. <laughs> like, I'm not going to catch a sunset in Detroit anywhere. So uh, I just, you know, sometimes you just get away from this, man. I have a, a few things. We play noon ball here. Uh, so I still have a little bit of game. Hopefully you don't get hurt out there because then the athletes make fun of you if you're in the training room more than they are. Uh, <laughs> that used to be the case at FGCU. So you know, it is what it is. We used to play a lot. We had... The noon ball games at FGC were, were legit. We had a player from UConn, Mel Thomas. She played at UConn, scored 1,000 for Geno. Um, Abby Charlo played at Wisconsin Green Bay. She was really good there, played overseas. Uh, the entire staff at FGCU for where women's side now are former players, so they used to play with us. So, I mean, we had you know some of our men's coaches play. Marty Richter, he's our men's coach here. He played with us. So we, had, we were deep. We 14, 15 deep at noon ball. So noon ball turned into your lunch hour was t- 12 to 2, and then you would go to lunch after that. So you'd be at work until <laughs> 7, 8 o'clock. But. Um, how about next time someone's in southwest Florida on vacation because I need a freaking vacation? 
Um, what's your restaurant bar recommendation? Oh man, depends on if you if you're into like country music, line dancing. Yeah. There's Dixie Roadhouse and the Ranch in Fort Myers. Believe it or not, I will go to those places and I will make line dancing my own. Like <laughs> I'm not afraid of. I love Nashville. A friend of mine and actually plays guitar for Sam Hunt, so I'm yeah. you know I kind of listen to a little bit of country here and there. And Nashville is pretty cool to go visit them. Uh, so I, I I will get out there and make a fool of myself, but as long as everybody's laughing and have a good time, that's all that matters. Um, the beach, Fort Myers Beach, there's tons of places. Um, Lonnie Kai's are a, a, a staple at Fort Myers Beach, and I think I don't know if he I'll, I'm gonna make him listen to it. But Pat Pearson and I we found a place uh, downtown, not downtown, but Fort Myers Beach. It's called La Ola, best chicken nachos you'll ever have in your life and the plates uh i'll give you uh i have to send you a picture of them and anybody that wants to check my twitter i'll tweet it out later on today there's a huge plate of nachos i mean this thing is it's a saucer size plate like i mean this thing is ridiculous and they're probably like 10 bucks it takes three or four people to finish them but it's best nachos you ever have in your life cool so uh, if someone wanted to get in touch with you just for like questions or anything what, what would be the best way to do that um email actually i'll give you email twitter and my cell number i don't i'm not really scared of giving my cell number out i should but i'm not um cell is two four eight seven five two six six two seven uh my twitter is mike underscore hill eight four and my email is michael m-i-c-h-a-e-l Dot hill h-i-l-l at fsw dot edu okay mike that that was it that was your interview man sweet appreciate it it? what'd you think of it i gotta know that that was that was that was cool i i I, I tried to not stretch it too much but i also wanted to like give some insight on some stuff so yeah because there's a lot here that i've i've done and you know obviously you know like this this profession you do a lot and get a you know get credit for a little of it so um there's there's so much here man it sometimes it's overwhelming i'm not gonna lie like that first basketball game stressed uh-huh. me <laughs> stressed me all the way out but because there are so many factors that with a new arena that you have no control over uh-huh. like I, I can't control if the board goes out mm. uh, our it people have never worked a basketball game so do they know where to have what angles to have, you know, like the cameras at, like here they would, they want to do, you know, baseline cameras. I'm like, man, don't do that. Like just <laughs> let's, let's nail the basic stuff and then we'll add that later. But I mean, it's, I, I enjoyed it, man. I'm, I, I think it was, it was cool. I think letting people know that there are people that have started low and have a story and, you know, busted their butt. Cause at this point, like I'm, I've been doing this since, Oh five oh six, and you know like for me i think if i had to do if i had to add anything to it i would have said that you know the whole leaving the sec for juco like oh. how many phone calls i got like you would not believe how many phone calls i got a lot that people were like why are you doing that I'm like <laughs> honestly i'll give you two reasons the money <laughs> the money's better like i mean i'm the only one on our staff that took a pay increase to come here. Yeah. So why, why wouldn't it? So, 
this like if you know all these coaches are taking pay cuts to come here there's obviously something special that's about to happen here why not be a part of it right exactly um in a new arena mm-hmm. when, it, when else am i gonna be able to say i stepped into something design the court help pick stuff for the arena and be a part of a first year athletic program never gonna happen so yeah but why not and it's Southwest Florida. <laughs> you can't complain about it. Like, I'm not going to complain about that. Okay. I'm going to do my own little outro here because I forgot to do kind of my intro thing, the housekeeping stuff. So I got to get people to listen. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 12 of SID Cast with Mike Hill of Florida Southwestern State. Everybody, thank Mike for coming on. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, like us on Twitter. Uh, I got an Instagram. Um, don't really update it a whole lot. Don't know what I can do. Don't have a Photoshop subscription, so I can't really do anything with that. But I like to be on there. I like to look at what other people are working on, and you all are doing an excellent job with your graphics and and things like that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, promote this. I haven't officially announced it yet as of right now when this podcast is being recorded. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Um, we're going to start doing kind of like a... a a tutorial, basically. Interviews with um, SIDs and graphic designers, and then they're going to show off and then show you guys how to do uh, their GIFs, their Photoshop templates, things like that. So be on the lookout for those. Those those episodes will come out, you know, every three, four weeks, I want to say, and uh, may do audio for them, may not. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. So anyway, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you all in the next episode.